Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari. Happy Tuesday. Off we go once again on the magic carpet ride to bliss. <laughs> I know that blew Sam's head off his shoulders when I just said that. Um, I was, it, it's so funny because I'm, I'm being a little funny, but it, it really is kind of the, whatever ride we choose is what it becomes, right? And so, you know, you've kind of heard that before. Um, today's topic is all about how to break through the invisible barriers that get in our way. And one of the things that I had noticed with my own manifesting is that no matter how advanced you get or how advanced you think you are, there's always, a, you know, something new, something magical that's happening, something that's going to kind of blow your head off your shoulders, you know, things, uh, you know, I've had several things in the last few weeks happen that it was just like, whoa, whoa, and I'm like, I'm in the business of this stuff, I guess, I, I, you know, I always think I shouldn't be I'm a little jaded now, you know, I shouldn't be so excited and so surprised, but, you know, the universe never lets you down, and we love, as much, I don't care how much you know, you really know so little, so um, today I wanted to share with you a few of the the things that have been coming up um, as I've been doing a lot of channeling work for our advanced class for our multidimensional manifesting lab, which started last week. And um, getting rave reviews about the class. I'm very, very excited. And uh, we've got three weeks left to this, you know, to this section of it. And we'll probably, I think I'm going to open up a new section of it um, in a few weeks because it's it's really, really terrific. We have a new uh group on Facebook, a secret group on Facebook for the class, and everybody's interacting, and it's kind of what I've always wanted to see, and I really love, so. Um, so a lot of things have been coming up because they've been doing a lot of channeling with Merlin, and one of the big uh, things that, that's been coming up is invisible barriers, because most of the people who are in the class are, you know, consider themselves to be advanced, meaning that they've been doing, you know, manifesting work and all this type of this creative visualization and all that stuff for, for quite some time. But <clears throat> regardless of how advanced you are, there's always different, you know, hidden things that you might be going through. So today what I wanted to do is just help um, everyone kind of identify some of those those hidden blocks and to kind of be on the lookout for them. And they, it'll, it'll, you know, sort of truncate your process of getting to some of your your bigger um, desires, getting some of those things fulfilled. And also, it'll help you, it'll just set you up for a greater receptivity. And, you know, the universe really doesn't want you to be slowed down. They operate with, you know, no linear time at all. Everything is instantaneous. The only thing that slows them down is our constructs around time and our constructs around 
our ability to receive and, and our willingness to receive and, um, you know, our various perceptions of our, you know, blocks and, oh, as usual, I forgot to turn my microphone on my computer down here. Wait one second. My, all the sound effects and things like distract me. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, you know, there, our own constructs are the things that slow down the manifestation. So it's not, you know, waiting for God to bless us with some favor or waiting for us to do enough good deeds or help enough people or tithe enough money. All the, That's really not the way it works. Um, there is a, such a thing as divine timing and there's such a thing as divine delays, but, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but, um, but really nobody's really out to get you. <laughs> a lot of people do call into my private sessions and readings and say, what's happening? Is somebody else get me? Am I, you know, am I cursed or am I, you know, is there something wrong or what past life did I, you know, do this? And what about karma and the ego and all these, you know, these buzzwords. And most of these words are so misused. Karma is one of the most misused words I've ever heard. I love to hear when people say, oh, you know, karma's a bitch. I love karma. You know, that just means revenge, which is a totally human being construct. <laughs> That's the issue with karma. Um, and so, you know, ego is kind of the same thing. Somebody coined that word, and and now everybody kind of globs onto it, and they put these blocks up. They assume, you know, if you assume you have bad karma and you assume that you have, you know, this wicked ego, you're not going to be manifesting anything anytime soon because you're not letting it in, and that's one of those invisible barriers. Is your judgment around, you know, these different things, especially if you pull them out of context, out of context for what they really mean. So I would be careful, you know, this is one of the downfalls when you're not taking a full course or studying on a regular basis and you're trying to get like chunks from here and chunks from there and a little tidbit here and a little tidbit there, you know, they get excited about a little post on Facebook or read a portion of a book or listen to a guru on Oprah Super Soul Sunday and take a little chunk here and a little chunk there. Um, It's nice you know, as a little lift for the day. But when you pull things out of context, the way that we have to deliver them on the media, you know, where we have to deliver, especially on something like Super Soul Sunday, we are delivering sound bites, and you kind of have to kind of train. You're, you're literally trained to speak in sentences that people can retain. You know, it, you know, they listen to you for an hour, but they only remember one sentence, some little sound bite, and they go off and try to live their life with that one sound bite. And it doesn't work for very long because you're not getting the, you know, the construct. It's like picking the flower without the roots, right? You know, a flower's going to flip over and die in a week. <laughs> it's not going to last as long as if you had the bush with the roots and you're, you know, and it's a perennial and it's coming back every year. So I think it's really important that if you're interested in this work and you're on these radio shows and a lot of people get on the shows because they want a free reading and they, you know, and they want, and they want to just, you know, dibble dabble. That's one thing, but I have to be really honest. The same as from my class last week, that if you're dibbling and dabbling in this energy, it, it can get you into trouble because the energy is so ramped up now. And then if you do start studying in some you know meaningful way, you raise your own energy and your own power. And just because you decide to go back for the afternoon to be a muggle like they have in Harry Potter and they sort of ignore your own magic, you've already conjured up the power in yourself to begin with. So what happens is you go back to your muggle kind of activities, but you have all this power that you've spun up, and, you know, you start to create things, you know, it's like 
putting the wand into the wizard's hand, and and I know in the, one of the Harry Potter movies, the little redhead boy. I I don't watch the Harry Potter movies. Okay, I just they have too many snakes. I don't like the snakes, so I can't watch too much of it. But the they have tentacles and snakes and things that bite, bleed, and all that stuff. But I do like when he flies on the broomstick, and you know I I kind of know the story because I read the book. So anyway, one of these movies I was watching over the holidays, and the little boy went after the mean blonde boy who in the Quidditch thing, and he, you know, he said something about, you know, the frogs are going to come out of you, your belly or whatever, and the kid turned the magic on him, and he ended up throwing the frogs himself, and then there had to be some all kinds of spells for him to stop throwing up the frogs, right? Which was horrifying all in and of itself, but, you know, I had to deal with it because, I, you know, it was, it was kind of fascinating. But the point is, Harry Potter actually isn't all that far off, and the fact is that we do that to ourselves all the time. That we conjure up this power, but we're not quite sure how to use it yet. Then we try to stick it on somebody. No, you've got car. You're, you're, you know, karma's a bitch. Karma's gonna get you, and then it ends up turning on ourselves. So because we don't know, we're wielding power, but we're not using it in a finesse way. So that's what I want to help you with today: is to finesse, is to get some more technique. There is such a thing as manifesting technique, which is what we're teaching in this, in our bigger class. And I wanted, but you know, and this is part of that technique is to understand what those invisible barriers are, because when you do, life becomes a lot smoother. And just like if you were dancing, or fencing, or ice skating, or any of these things, when you have good solid technique, the point of the technique. It's not just so you can make a beautiful, you know, pirouette. It's a first and foremost technique is to keep you safe. You know, any sport, you talk to the football players, the baseball players, the soccer players, the gymnasts, all of The reason why they put those kids through so much when you start off young, especially, is they're building muscle mass and they're training their muscle memory so they don't have to rely on their mental mind when they're at the full tilt of that sport, that their body automatically works in, in conjunction with their mind, that mind, body, and spirit all align, and you get that flow that you see those Olympians get into, right? Because they start off, they they train technique, okay? They made it second nature. You know, this is not about magic tricks, okay? Manifesting isn't magic tricks. Manifesting is a muscle. You're building a muscle because you're using it anyway. The first thing we try to do is teach you how to stop using it against yourself, you know. And then we try to, if you listen long enough, try to give you enough techniques so that you can actually use it for yourself, you know. So we go from, okay, let's help you to stop flipping yourself over. Okay, let's get you standing on your feet. Okay, we're neutral now. Everybody's standing up. Okay, now let's try to do something. Maybe we'll, you know, ski down the hill or something. Maybe we'll do something fun with it. You know, at least you're not killing yourself with it anymore. That's the point. Okay, so it might sound like I'm being a little flip, but honestly, it's the truth. It's exactly what happens. I see it all the time. You know, I've done it myself. And you don't want to have all of these skills without kind of the dots connecting because you can get yourself into, you know, you can be throwing up frogs like, like this little boy. But what, Sam, what's the little boy's name? Is a redhead guy in the uh, in the Harry Potter. Right, this guy's name, let me know. Google it or something if you don't know. <laughs> hey, just Google it. Google it. 
Oh, God. Sam's a ginger, too, so he's saying he's good-looking. That's not the point. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's get to the content. If you want to ask a question, uh, I see people are already going to ask a question. We are going to get to some of those later. And um, no, it's not Rupert. Ron. It's Ron Weasley. Wesley. That's it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, Ron, that's the kid. Um all right, so the number to call in if you want to ask a question is 347-215-9485. 347-215-9485. Okay, so, um, all right, let me get into our content. I'm just looking here. Okay, so let's talk first about the three, what I consider to be the three biggest bar- invisible barriers that people you have in place, more than likely you have one, at least one of these things going on. And here's how you know. If you're manifesting everything really easily, then you don't have any of this going on. If you're not, you probably have some of this going on. There it is. It's really pretty simple. And it doesn't mean that you can't manifest anything until you're perfectly clear and squeaky clean with all this stuff. That doesn't mean that at all. But what you want to be is aware so you know how to sort of troubleshoot yourself and say, okay, you can even ask for, you know, as I'm, I'm about to embark on manifesting something, you know, a new job or a new business or clients or whatever things you're working on, new relationship, uh, can you please help me release the invisible barriers that might be standing in my way? You know, both known and unknown. So you can say that. You can preface your intentions with that. And then that way, you're giving permission for anything that you don't know that might be in your way to be removed. And that's great. Now, sometimes that will work really nicely, and uh, off you go. Other times, those invisible barriers are something that they want you to discover because it's something that you lean into and you have kind of as a recurring crutch sometimes. And so by you not just getting any the thing you want instantaneously but having to sort of push through it a little bit, it's kind of a helping to, to show you something that it, once you are aware of it and you release it, it will never return again because you've actually genuinely, you know, removed it from its roots, kind of like the dandelion, you know, you pull it up from the roots. So uh, very, very powerful. Obstacles are very, very powerful for us and important for us, and that's the paradox of all of this. You know, people call in, they say, oh, all right, I want to be joyful 100% of the time. I don't want to have any resistance whatsoever. I don't want to have any, you know, pitfall. How can I make it so that I'm abundant and joyful and in the zone and in this all, 100% of the time? You can be in the zone 100% of the time, but that doesn't mean that you're going to have everything easy and that you're not going to have challenges coming up because those challenges cause you to contemplate, you know, habit structures in your mind and, you know, all that kind of stuff in the context of the world. They also help you to see what you really want because you learn what you don't want, right? So I know Abraham Hicks talks about, you know, Esther Hicks talks about this a lot with Abraham, and it's it's a kind of a, she's been talking about it for quite some time. But, it, you know, it bears repeating because I think people, they hear these things and then, like, you know, the sound bite. Oh, yeah, I heard that on over two years ago. I know that already. I did a bunch of readings yesterday, and I can't tell you how many people have said, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know that already. Yeah, yeah, I know that already. Well, if you knowing it and actually living it are two cool, totally different things. What it really meant is I've heard that before 
okay? But it has not become a habit for me because if it did, that question would be coming up. <laughs> so, so we all have that. We all say, I do it myself. You know, I'm certainly guilty of it too. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. All of this requires practice, not just listening and sifting around and judging it. You know, I know some people, they, they judge everything. And that's a defense mechanism. Instead of receiving it, they hear it and they judge it. But they don't employ it, they judge it. That's a hidden barrier. That's a hidden, invisible obstacle. Judgment. Actually, it was my third one. It was my second one on the list. I'll start with that. So when you judge others or you judge information, okay, now I'm not talking about being discerning because, you know, when when you're a critical thinker, you know, you have, you know, especially like in business and that type of thing, and you're trying to decide, you know, you're looking at politics and, you you know, in, in our world, we're always kind of, is this real, but not real, especially the Internet, there's so much stuff made up. I'm not saying that to be discerning. But when you judge, when you approach everything from such a point of judgment that you don't take any action because you're so busy spending all of your time intellectualizing it, judging it, you know, you always have that person on Facebook who, you know, you've got 30 people who are thrilled about something and someone else comes in and says, well, you know what's wrong with that? It's because it's, uh, you know, it's not real. It's it. It's that. It's it. And they just rip it to shreds. And it's like, okay, so you just, 30 people are like on a roll, really excited about something. And then somebody just comes in and to, to prove their intellect, they try to flip the apple cart, you know. That, I have a real pet peeve with that. Because it's not, most of the time it's not relevant. And, most of the time they're trying to be a killjoy because they just have this obstinate kind of a personality or this, you know, that's the debate thing. They like to create, um, you know, adversity. And it's kind of how they run the world. They see their world through adverse colored glasses. They want to know why they don't have certain things in their life. So it's frustrating to watch. And usually I'll delete those comments a lot of times because I have a certain flow I like to have on my page because I think we have plenty of all that judging and adversity elsewhere. It certainly doesn't have to be on my page. So, and I see a lot of other people starting to do that now too. And I've actually had people um, instant message me and thank me for the types of posts and things that I put up because they feel inspired and they feel like they still you know, have a lighter heart when they look at this stuff and, you know, and, and like that. So that's my choice. But you don't, you don't have to be like that, of course, but it's if you're constantly seeing your world through judgment-colored glasses and always trying to find what's wrong with something or who's being faulted by something, you are absolutely blocking your manifesting. And the reason why is that when you don't let other people receive, you don't receive either. And if you're in a state of judgment about somebody else's point of view about something that they're having a good time with and you're judging it and ripping it up, then that means that you're doing that to your own world. It's just a telltale of how you run your own world, which means that, you know, before you receive anyone or anything, you're so busy ripping them to shreds and finding all the faults and living from an armor of protection that you don't allow the authenticity and the truth to come through. Right? So that will, that, that it, you know, and then a lot of times people get confused because they say, oh, that's just me being discerning. That's me being a critical thinker. And it's not. It goes past that. There's always a limit. 
Okay, and like I said, I said, if it's in a work situation and you're being paid to think like that, so be it. You know, but even in those situations, I've seen it happen time after time. When I was in my marketing career, I see, you know, I was always intuitive, so I don't, you know, I didn't need to really see research to know if that's the direction. They a lot of times come to a conclusion, but I say, oh, it's that direction. Oh, but we have research that's going to say da 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 da, and then it would end up kind of being the direction I would say in the first place. But they're so busy judging it and ripping it to shreds that the creators would come apart. You know, but we'd lose sense of the entire originating idea to begin with. So judgment is a huge barrier, huge barrier. So take a look at yourself and look, be honest with yourself. And, you know, um, and, and, and when it comes to your manifesting, start to make a, 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 a decision to back off on that a little bit and maybe say, you know, I'd like to be discerning. And you can even ask your angels and guides for support and just say, can you please help me to, you know, continue to be discerning and keep me safe, but allow me to be open to other points of view or to other um, positions on this so that I might receive more from this situation. Okay? Remember also that if you're using judgment as a major barometer, I'm not talking about discernment again, I'm talking judgment. In your world, you're using that as a major tool in your world. Everybody, you're, you're inviting judgment of you constantly. And then in addition to that, you might be highly judgmental in one category of your life and think that you're not judgmental in other categories of your life, but I guarantee you the energy is, is going across all life categories. So you can be super critical in, let's say, your work, but then you think that in your romantic relationship you're not, that's not true. It's just not. It doesn't turn off the energy, and even if you, you know, you say, "Okay, well, with my boyfriend, I'm just so, so loving and, you know, allowing." But when I get to work, I turn into a barracuda. That barracuda energy, even though it might not be coming through your words to your boyfriend, is still infiltrating that relationship in some way. So you might find that he reacts to you kind of in a little bit of volatility, or kind of, you know, kind of, you know, like those guys who are kind of fly off the handle out of nowhere and you're wondering, why, what's in my energy that, you know, I, you would be acting like that? Well, what are you doing at work? Because that energy, and that's, I'm not talking karma, I'm just talking about the way you're running your energy. The way you run your energy impacts all life categories. Your, you, your, your mental, physical mind might put a, you know, a wall between work and child rearing and, and, and romantic relationship and the way you treat the cashiers and the way you treat the, you know, uh, the, te- the school teacher or whatever, the way you treat your pets and your family and all that, you might have little divisions between those things, but your energy flows through all of it. It's not stopping here and shifting there and stopping here and shifting there. It's flowing through all of it. So you're going to have some influences of that. So you want to kind of, it's kind of like, you know, the air flowing through your house. It's not like, okay, this is the air for the living room, and then, oh, yeah, that's the air for the kitchen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you burn something in the kitchen, you're going to smell it on the other side of the house. Same thing. All right? So just keep that in mind. That's another way, you know, to understand how how energy works. It doesn't work like your logical mind does. Okay? All right. So the second... Um, invisible barrier that I see quite a bit is living in the past. 
someone really bright once said, and I think I'm being facetious about that, maybe not 100%, but sort of, that if we don't know our past, we can't change our future. Um, okay, you know, legit to some extent, but there are people who now take that to such an extreme where they stay in the past all the time. And because they're afraid of their present moment and they're afraid of their future, it's much easier to sit and say, oh, you know, back in 1947, my mother did, okay, if it's your first discovery of that and and you're connecting some dots, perfect, wonderful. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to say, like, aha, you have your aha moment, you know, whatever. You know, you, you work with your therapist on that particular you know, issue or whatever, beautiful. Then you let it go. You say, okay, that was that. Good. I learned what I needed to learn from that. That person served their purpose in my life in that way. Now move on, like move forward. But what we have most of the time is not to move on, move forward. It's the woundedness. It's the, I can't go forward because my mother did this to me. I can't go forward because my father did this to me on 1978. Oh, and then, you know, and then the government, and then this, and then that. And we get so caught up in our stories. And you always know someone who's living in the past and caught up in the story with what they talk about when you meet them for the first time. You know, when you meet them, when you meet them and you start to have that casual kind of cocktail party conversation, and uh, and the people who lead with the big, and a lot of people also live in the past with their accomplishments as well. You know, oh, in the past I used to be able to manifest like out of thin air. I used to do this and I used to do that and I used to do this and I used to do that. When you live with I used to do or I did or this happened to me, you are literally shutting down your presence manifesting. You're li- you're not really shutting it down. What you're doing is you're setting yourself up because you ne- manifesting never shuts down. Let me re- re-say this. You're always manifesting, always. You're always creating with your thoughts and your words and your imagination. You're always speaking something forth. So if you're constantly speaking stories of the past, you are constantly commanding the energy, the present energy, to create your past. You're choosing, when we were talking about parallel realities last week, or the week, yeah, last week I guess it was, you're choosing the parallel that repeats the past. So this is why we get the recurring, you know, boyfriend who's like the same guy, you know, <laughs> Same person and three different guys, four different guys, five different guys. You know, you see the little got girls for that matter. You know, you see that same relationship recurring over and over again. And then when you go back far enough, it's like, oh yeah, that's my father again. <laughs> you know, so excuse me. You are you're constantly creating with the stories that you tell. And so, um. If, if you're kind of going back to one chunk of your life and leading with that chunk, and that chunk was 10 years ago, um, and you're doing it from a point of view of fear of your present. Okay, I, went, I actually went out last week with a friend, a new friend, somebody I met recently, and she happened to own a dance studio, and she's awesome. You know, we had so much in common, our both were fathers in the army and all these things. And so we can talk about different chunks of our life. And of course, we're going into the past, but we were relating to each other. We weren't creating from that past. We were relating to each other to create a high quality present, right? Because we're creating a new friendship. 
we're establishing, you know, getting to know each other. So when we start telling stories about our past, it wasn't to prove our present. It was just to relate to what the other one had been. So, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh, I was that. It's finding commonalities. You had a German Shepherd, I have a German Shepherd. You know, all these different things. So it, it was it was awesome, but it wasn't, and it was creating a really nice, solid basis for a great present moment. Okay, you can always know when you're telling your your past story. So that's what I'm saying. That you don't have to stop telling stories from your past, but it depends on the context of how you're or how you're telling them, whether it's creating an invisible barrier for you or not. Okay, it's always great to look into the past and say, I really enjoyed that and that and that and that. When I teach my classes on how to find your passion, one of the three top ways to find discover your passion is to go into your past and see what you felt extraordinarily joyful about in your childhood. You know, where you didn't where you lost all track of time. A lot of times our passion is introduced to us very, very, very early on in life. You know, I sat on my first torch when I was six and I sat and I took my first dance lesson when I was two. And those to this day are still my two two, you know, passions that I'm interested in. And so I got, you know, I I touched those extremely early in my life. I didn't start to really do a lot of it, you know, until later on. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you might get your big crescendo of it later on in life, but you touch it a lot of times very early in life. So to go exploring through your past, to find nuggets for your present, to create a high-quality present, perfectly fine. But when you come up against when you come up against new challenges and you're constantly saying, well, I better go do, you know, finish my path lies out. You know, I must, uh, you know, this is the third uh, invisible barrier I'm going to talk about, is putting yourself on hold. Okay? Putting yourself on hold because of you don't feel like you've healed every single piece of your past. Life is a work in progress. No healer is 100% healed. You don't have to be 100% in perfect condition to go and help other people. You don't have to be perfectly squeaky clean to allow the things that you desire into your world. But because a lot of us have been told that, you know, we get these we're taught these perfectionistic tendencies and that our past predicts our future and you know and then we have guilt around the past and shame around the past and blame around the past, all these things. We bring it forward into our into our present and then whatever the present is, whatever we're doing in the present is creating our future. So what you want to do is take a nice healthy, you know, gaze at your path. If you feel like you need a past life regression to help you through something or you need to get a therapist to help you through, you know, a traumatic experience or something so you can let it dissipate and find your way to um, either bliss or peace with it, which is a form of love, is peace with it, so you can allow it to sort of just be and say, okay, that was what that served and that's it. Now I can move forward in my present. A lot of people have present day anxiety. They're terrified of their present moment. They're worried about how they're going to pay their bills. They're worried about if the boyfriend's cheating. They're worried about, you know, they're going to be able to buy a new car. They're, all, they're worried, 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 sick. They're worried about the government. They're worried about the election. They're worried about all these things in their present moment. They want to escape it. So they go back and, you know, I remember when it was just easier. 
you know, and we just had, you know, when we before we had women's lib, <laughs> before we had any, you know, a lot of this, this is how a lot of people think, okay? This is why a lot of people want things to stay the same. They don't want to change. And then you also have, you know, people who are terrified of the future and what's going to happen. So they, they sort of chase the past. Huge barrier. You can't, you know, I say to my mom the other day, you cannot have change happen in spite of yourself. Change does not happen in spite of you. Meaning you live negative and think of the past and I'm judging everybody and all the and blaming everything and all the divorce and the guy and the this and that and then have this big change and then you call me for a reading and say, Okay, so am I gonna get a new guy and when is the money gonna show up? And like is are things gonna get better this year? But you're living your whole life spinning a backwards web. You can't it's change does not happen in spite of you. Change happens because of you. So with all of those things that are going on, you have to kind of pull your pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, okay, this piece right here, I may not be able to change all of it at one time, but I'm going to pick a lane. I'm going to pick the lane of, you know, whatever it is, um, finances or weight loss or, you know, you know, whatever getting organized, and, you know, I'm using sort of physical things, but you you know what I mean. You pick that thing, and then you, if you have to, you hire someone to help you get through it who's already been through it, or you get your, yourself in a group of other people who've already been through it, who've solved it, you want to surround yourself with people who've already taken care of what you need to take care of now so that you have some guideposts, some breadcrumbs that give you a little bit of support, and you fix it. And then you move on. All right? So by doing, by then that releases the hold. And when you release the hold on the past, guess what? There's space. Because that's what we're trying to do is create the spaciousness so that you can have things pour into your, your personal experience. Okay, and the final one is putting yourself on hold by staying in the process instead of the end result. So what do I mean by that? I've seen this a lot in my class. I said, okay, everybody give me a goal that you'd like to accomplish in the next 30 days. So people start sending their goals, emailing them to me, posting them on Facebook. And I've been looking at these goals, and actually we're going to talk about this in my class tomorrow for all the ones in my class who are listening to this. We're going to talk about it in depth in the class tomorrow. But uh, what I've seen is that people put pieces of a process as their goal instead of the actual goal. And what that does is it keeps you in the process of striving instead of at the point of receiving. So um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, let's say money. Instead of saying people, people, it was funny because in my survey, I surveyed the group and I said, you know, I gave a bunch of different things. What did, you know? What did, what would you? What are some of the things you'd like to work on? You know, that you'd like to accomplish, and like you know, more money, more better finances was number one. And then there was a bunch of other ones that were kind of you know health, relationships, things. And then the one that got like almost zero responses was material things, like manifesting a new car, a new house, you know, clothes, trips, those types of things. But it was interesting to me that they would focus on, and this is this is not just my smaller group. This is a bigger group too. I've seen it. 
you focus on I need more money, but you don't want to say the things you want to buy with the money. <laughs> so you start focusing on getting the money instead of what am I going to do with that money? And so you start to focus on something that's a process instead of the end result. And what you do is you keep yourself spinning in the I need more money, I need more money, I need more money, and when I get the money and then I can do whatever I want, I need more money, I need more money. And then you just spin around and trying to find more money. But if you're not connecting to the joy of whatever it is you're going to buy with that money, you're just going to constantly keep yourself in the process of needing more money. So most people are afraid to say, I want the house on the beach in Hawaii. That's what I want. I want a house on the beach in Hawaii. That's what I desire. I don't care if it's a million dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, five million dollars. I'm in that house on the beach in Hawaii. I am writing my book on the beach in Hawaii. People get afraid of that goal because they can't see how they can get it. So they say, I need more money. Why do you need more money? Well, I just really need a lot of money. Why do you need money? Because, well, you know, I need to write a book and I won't be able to write the book until I get the money. Okay, and why can't you take out a notebook and start writing a book now? Well, I need, I need, I need, you know, I really want to write the book on the beach. Oh, really? Okay. What beach? Oh, the beach in Hawaii. But, you know, I can't, I can never, ever do that. I mean, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. I can't ever do that because I don't have the money. So can you help me? How do I manifest more money? And it's like, well, how, I think the real question is how do you manifest the house? Yeah, but I need money to get the house. Maybe, maybe not. You know, there's infinite parallels. So there's a parallel where you have a client who comes up out of nowhere who was lucky enough to hit the lottery, and she knows you've always wanted a house on the the beach in Hawaii, and and all of a sudden she's like, you know what? I want to give you this house. You you might have someone tied money to you. You might have somebody... Uh, endow money to you, you might end up get, seeing someone, the hearing of someone who needs a caretaker for their house in Hawaii because they're going to go and live in Australia for three years and they don't want, they just need somebody who's going to keep everything running and they're going to pay the bills. You don't know how you get to that house in Hawaii, but if you're focusing on, i got to make more money, i got to make more money, I need more money, how am I going to make more money? Call and Mari, well, Mari, do you see money in my future? Am I going to get more money? Who's going to give you money? Where's my job? Where's money? Where's money? Where's money? Where's money? And you want a house. When does a house come into play? You know, or a car, or you know, the boyfriend, or whatever, right? So we have a tendency. One of the biggest invisible barriers there are that get in your way is putting yourself on hold because you're staying in the process of how to, instead of focusing on the end goal. And people get afraid to focus on the end goal because their mental mind can't see how they can get. So that brings me to the second point that I wanted to make, which was the difference between visualizing, goal setting, and creating with energy. Okay? I know some people, they think they're manifesting, but they're not. They're just goal setting. Because they refuse to have faith unless they know how they're going to make the money to get what they want. So you say, okay, I want to write a book. I'll start writing the book when I make more money. So I'm going to go create a business so I can make more money. So then someday, after I finish creating the business and make more money, I can sit down and write the book. Okay. Now I figured out that I'm 
I, I know this business can make me the money. So now I'm going to make $100,000 this year in the business. So I'm manifesting $100,000. No, you're not manifesting $100,000. You set a goal to make $100,000 in the business that you think you know, that you're mechanizing your future. Because you, the only reason why you think you can make $100,000 is because you now create a business that you believe you can make $100,000 from. It's not manifesting, that's goal setting. And some people might argue with me, well, it is sort of manifested, but it's more goal setting than it is manifest. When you're able to say, I want to contribute a book to the world, I'm focused on the end result. I'm focused on I have already contributed this wonderful book to the world. This book is targeting, you know, women who've come out of domestic violence situations or something, you know, healing the battered woman or whatever. And I'm and I've I'm already the author of this book. I've already created this book. It's 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 touched you know millions of people's lives. I've been all over it, and I am so happy because I'm already a published author of this book. And you focus that as your project for your manifesting. You will get that book so much faster than if you say, I want to write a book for battered women, to, you know, because I had some sort of experience in my past and I want to, you know, take the pearls of wisdom I garnered for that and help these women. But I need to make money first. I need to make the money. I need to make the money. That book will not get written. Not any time soon. So, if, and if you do say, if you do lead from the end, the money's going to come in because they're gonna, cause the energy is going to say, okay, well, she's got to be able to eat while she writes the book. So all of a sudden you get consulting work and that's related to the book or related to something that has to do with the book. Or maybe your publisher says, you know what, um, we're going to give you an advance for this book because this book is poignant. This book has, has legs. This book can really go far. You know, Oprah's looking for a book like this or whatever. Or hey, how's it? What are these places? And then you get... You get the the project comes with its own fuel. Okay, so whatever that thing you want, that goal you want, it comes with its own engine and its own gas and its own oil. It comes with its own fuel. So don't be afraid. Go to the end of what you genuinely want. I was talking to someone the other day, and when we finally finished after talking for forty minutes. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, we talked 40 minutes about money, but she really wanted a house. <laughs> like, okay, good. Now the session's over and we figured out what you want. <laughs> That's great. That's a different conversation than we, we just had, you know. Uh, but that's where the focus needs to be. All right? So goal setting is when we stay in the process and we refuse to believe in the end result unless we can see the end. So, like, goal setting would be something you do when you go to college. They give you a whole curriculum, and they map out a whole path for you, and you have to take level 101 classes, level 201, 301, do a thesis or whatever, and then you finally get that degree, and then now you have the degree, and you have this internship and that internship, and then that job would want you because you've done this and this and this, and you get this extra thing. And people kind of look for them manifesting the work the same way because, as usual, we're trying to fit 
energetic, magical principles that are vastly bigger than our little tiny symbols of our little physical world and trying to force them into a linear construct of our physical mind. And that's not what it's here for. What's supposed to be happening is that we take our little limited physical world and we are allowing ourselves to expand into the spaciousness of manifestation, of creation, creation with energy. And that means when you're creating with energy, just like, you know, God said, let there be light, you're saying, let there be the car in my driveway, (laughs) okay? Let there be the new whatever it is you need, desire. Perfect health, wonderful new friends. I did that for friendships, and, oh, it's amazing. I started to walk the beach and start to affirm that I was going to have wonderful new friends who are entrepreneurial and who, you know, get spirituality and all these different things. And for a little while there, it was blank. It was like zero. And then all of a sudden, all these new people started to come in, and I can't even keep up with how many wonderful people and stories and experiences and things I'm hearing about now. Just just amazing, amazing, amazing people coming in. So you can do, it doesn't have to be, you know, houses and cars. I just use those because they're more tangible. And to be honest, I think people are afraid of materiality at this point. Like our society vilifies wealth and material things so much that people are now afraid of having nice things because it feels like it's not a virtue. And they come, you know, it's like I see it in my class. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what are we going to manifest? Yeah, it's like I'm uh, looking at, like, you know, I'd like to just, you, like, you know, move the air around. You know, like, what, what is that? What is that? So we're gonna, we have to kind of create more tangible because your mind can't even get around it. All right, so um, I'm going to stop here. And I hope that's helped. I hope you're going to, you can listen to the podcast again and pick up some, you know, some tips. And please don't just pick up tips, but try to incorporate them into your world or step into one of our classes that's going to give you a whole, you know, the full thing. You know, connect the dots. Um, Delve in deeper. Don't, don't, you know, these radio shows and everything I see, and especially when I was hosting telephones, people love to dabble. Oh, this one and that one. Oh, I heard that one last month. Oh, she's not really the real deal, that one. And there's somebody judging the speakers and the packages and the, how much can I get for free and how many of these free things can I have? And, you know, and, and then they want to know why they don't get the depth in those little free offerings and they're just getting a little snip, a snip, a snip, and they're running from person to person and they're looking for the activation and, it's not, and, and they're not getting anywhere. Like, you got to take a deep dive. You know, pick your author of choice. I did with Doreen Virtue, you know, 15 years ago. And I was reading a bunch of her stuff, and I said, okay, this is the person I'm going to go study with. And boom, I plugged down my two grand, and I went and studied with her, whatever it was at the time. And then I loved the first class, and I took her advanced stuff, and I got certified, and then off I went because I had the full breadth of the content. Okay? Invest in this. It'll save you so much money and time in the in the long run. All right, let's leave that at that, and we're going to start some calls. So if you've been waiting on the phone, thank you so much for waiting, and um, we'll start to take some of your calls. So please, if you've been, you know, mopping the floor and doing other things and listening to it in the background, please get close to your phone so that when we open the line, uh, we can you can hear us. So the first person 
we have um, Elizabeth in Indiana. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. How are you? What's your question? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, Yes, Um, funny you were talking about a vehicle. I've been trying to visualize and bring about a vehicle that I am in need of, but I don't know what's holding me back or if I'm not concentrating hard enough. What's your process uh, that you're using? uh, Visualizing. And how are you visualizing? Um, Mentally keep thinking about it, bringing the car in and knowing there's money coming in when that when I'm would like I'm going to put down on the vehicle but it's just it always falls through. Well, that's because you're focusing on the process and not the actual vehicle. So the way that you do that is to um go to the point where when you have that vehicle, let's say you've had the vehicle for 6 months and mm-hmm. you are taking it to the car wash and someone mm-hmm. says that's a really cool car. And you say, thanks. I'm so excited to have it. Okay. That's the vision. Mm. And it, it, what it's doing, it's putting you in the energy of already having it. What you're doing right now is trying to process how to get it in your visualizing. So you're thinking about okay. the money and how you're going to put the money down and how you're going to drive it off the lot. and That's still in right. the process. Okay. And what happens is there's a piece of your mental mind that says, but I don't really have the money yet. Well, okay, how do I get the money? And then you come up out of the visualization of like, okay, now how am I going to make this happen, you know? And it cancels mm-hmm. every trail yeah. that you just did, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it seems simple, but it seems silly, mm-hmm. but it really does make a big difference. Having something is different than getting something. And most of the time, especially when we go off kind of the old ways when, you know, you get the, the vision boards and the this and the that, mm-hmm. when we, yeah. back in the past, is we weren't kind of given which portion of that vision we should be focusing on. You want to focus on the having it, not the getting it. Okay. That should speed it up really actually pretty quickly. And it'll come in as fast as you, as you speed it up. The other thing is you do not want to look at yourself um, and a movie of yourself driving the car. You want to see yourself at the car wash holding the keys while the you know that special car wash guy takes the car from you and things. Mm-hmm. You want to see your hand holding the keys. You want to see like you know you would look down like if you look down right now you're not looking at yourself from afar. You're in your body. You're you see your hand. You see where the way your cell phone is or where you, you know what I mean. You see where your legs right. are, your knees. Your, so you're you're still you're in your body. You're in the scene as it's already complete. Because what you're doing when you do that is opposed to looking at a vision. When you look at a picture of yourself on a screen, you're literally looking at a parallel dimension that hasn't happened yet. When you are in the scene itself and the, and the car is already yours for six months, mm-hmm. you, number one, put yourself in the... You're literally, literally putting yourself in the parallel of the woman who owns that car already. You're literally... When you're doing that session, that manifestation session, you're literally shifting yourself into that frequency, into that parallel, and visiting that parallel. So when you come out of that visioning session, the other thing is you don't want to perceive yourself as back to the person that doesn't have the car. Okay. You want to assume that the car that you drive now is the new car. 
okay. Okay? So you're staying mm-hmm. in that state. You're staying in the state of you already in the parallel that has the car. You're not bringing yourself back to the person that doesn't have the car. Okay? The more normal it feels, the closer it is to having it. If it still feels like it's an, it, you need a miracle, there's a gap between the frequency of you having it and the frequency of where you're at. When you, the closer you get to changing, this is one of the things that happens when you do manifest things. Like when I finally got my book published um, and, you know, the books came to me in the mail, I was like, okay, cool, got the book done, thank God. Now, now what? As opposed to what I would have thought five years ago, I would have been jumping like I hit the prices right, you know, like, oh, my God, here's the book. But the book had become second part of my day-to-day living and the publisher and all the process and everything becomes so normalized that the frequency of me being a published author and then when I, you know, in the flesh have a book in my hand, yes, it was a it was a lift, you know, of course, you put it on Facebook, yeah, I got the book and all that, but it wasn't this big, huge dissension from what I felt the day before because I've been publishing the book for a while, you know what I mean? So the way that you feel right now, I need a miracle to get the car, and the way you'll feel when you've had that car for six months, you already have the car. If you already have the car, are you freaking out about how you're going to get the car? Mm-hmm. No. So when you're in the parallel of already having the car, you're not thinking about how am I going to get the car. Right. So when you're right. doing your session, you don't want to be focusing on the process of how you're going to get the car because that's literally telling the universe, I don't have a car yet. Make it feel that I don't have a car yet, because that's what I'm focusing all my energy on is that I don't have a car yet. But if I could get a car, because you gave me the money for a car, this is the kind of car I want. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't work like that. You're not asking a parent. You're creating with energy. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. So go get your car. <laughs> okay, you already have, congratulations on the car that you already have. You look fabulous. I know, you know, it's already paid for. You don't even have to worry about the payments. How about that? And, you know, buy yourself 20. In fact, if you want to really be, you know, I do things like this. This is kind of fun. This is, this is the kind of thing that can feed your mental mind. And I know, you know, maybe some manifesting people would get all manifest. Go to the car wash that you're going to go get that car wash at and buy mm-hmm. yourself some prepaid car washes already. Buy yourself a new keychain right now. That gives your mental mind something to play with, something that I already have, it's something to kind of keep you on track so that your mental mind isn't too real. We do not have the car. I don't know why you were that stupid radio show host. We're still in the old car. Look, we got the, we got the keychain. We've got the first couple of car washes paid for. We're good. Uh-huh. The car's here. You, you see what I mean? Give yourself yeah. a little bit of permission to be playful with it. But the real most important thing is you have to be in a scene where you already have that car. And I would go past the point of getting the car, that, that actual where they hand you the keys and you hand over the keys to your old car, go past yeah. that point by a few months. Then you're really in the energy where you settle down. You know, you're okay. not in the hype. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, go get your car. And then call me back and let me know how it goes. Okay, I will. Thank you. Okay, take care, Elizabeth. Take care. Okay, so next we have um, Kathy in Maryland. Hi, Kathy. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? 
I was laughing because you, I wasn't unmuted and I was saying hi already. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so what's the um, question? There's a lot of um, changes going on at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm going into, I, I do part of a job and now I'm going into the rest of this job that's pretty technical. And I'm worried about it. Okay, and what's the question? The question is, uh, am I going to be able to do the job? I think, you know, I think you absolutely will be able to do the job, but I think you're setting yourself up, not setting yourself up to not be able to do the job because you're literally putting yourself into a parallel where you can't do the job by worrying about it. So I mm-hmm. think that the the thing that you need to do is put yourself into a space of alignment with being able to do the job with ease and ask for help on how to do it. Right. You know, right. And, and get and get the, the support and help that you need in the physical world on how to do it. So I think you're going okay. to be fine with that. All right. The person is... Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, okay, take care. Have a great night. Um, all right, next we have Catherine in Salt Lake City. Hi, Catherine. There? Thanks for taking my call. Oh, and you're so welcome. It's a great show, and this is my first time. So um, I retired, and I'm wanting to sell my house. So I've made a list of what I want in a house, and now I program for a dream home and a dream place and pay cash for it. And I just wondered mm-hmm. if possibly if you could help me with divine timing, that it might happen. Well, timing is really up to you because if you're going by what we've been talking about tonight, you're already living in the house and you're already there. Okay. So if you're already there, you're not focusing on the timing. You know, everybody wants somebody to come in and say, and it'll be here on this date and this time and this place and this is... And when you're working with this energy in the way that you're working with it, that okay. it's not really relevant to the manifestation of it. What is relevant is what will speed it up for you is your alignment with the frequency of that home. Now, divine timing is different than divine delay. When you're dealing with a house, well, there's a lot of times where the perfect house for you is inhabited still by someone else. Okay, so there's other configuration. There's also where you might think you want the house, it might be that those ley lines, which are the energetic lines of the earth, aren't necessarily in alignment with you. Like when I was living in New Jersey and I wanted to make my big move from New Jersey to California about almost two years ago now, um, my, you know, (laughs) people are going to laugh at me, but I used to watch the Kardashians and the Beverly Hills Housewives because I would get myself to California and I needed to see how people lived in California. So, of course, I picked people who lived with the highest amount of money, right? But I targeted Malibu. So I wanted to see anything and anyone who was in Malibu. And I was convinced that Malibu was my place. I had to go to Malibu. I wanted the mountains, the ocean, all that. I wanted the mountains and the ocean and the energy and then what I was perceiving from the East Coast. But... Something wasn't working. I wasn't. Things weren't coming through quick enough. And then, you know, so, so I thought. But when I came to California to do a kind of a reconnaissance trip, you know, to sort of evaluate California, 
a friend of mine said, come to La Jolla and have dinner with me. You'll never want to go back to Malibu again. I got to La Jolla and I was like, oh, my gosh. This is where I'm oh. supposed to be. It, like all these things. Like, so there was a divine delay, but I was actually safer here. There's less earthquakes here. There's less, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a microclimate. You get better weather. It's a softer energy. It's easier to get in and out. And all these different things. And, the, and my social circle was much better here for me than it would have been up there. So there's a lot of layers that are configuring when you're talking about changing to a new dwelling. Okay. okay? So you don't necessarily want to rush that, but what you want to do is be in alignment with it so that you're the highest, most compatible frequency with that new space and its location, environment, neighbors, and all those other extenuating things. Okay? And the way you do that is just like what we were talking about with Elizabeth with the car. Okay. You don't want to see yourself with your list and all your characteristics and, your, you know, got these doorknobs and those countertops and this window and that kind of French class door overlooking that lake with this, you know, the how many car garage and bedrooms and baths and tubs and all that. Trust me, I did that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love real estate. I can tell you, you know, we could do an offline conversation and talk for 10 hours about this. But what you want to focus on is an event that you're going to have in the house after you've been in the house a month or two. Okay. I wouldn't focus on the closing. I wouldn't focus on the getting the keys. I wouldn't focus on the, you know, I would focus on I'm in the house already two months and the love of my life is walking through that door and I've made that person, you know, their favorite meal and we're sitting out in the yard or whatever, doing whatever. Or you could do do something like that that's celebratory, you know, maybe a Thanksgiving dinner together with your whole family, whatever that thing is, and how they're commenting on the house. Okay. Because when you have your, like, close people commenting on the house, that means nobody's jealous of the house, everybody's happy you've got the house, you know, all those types of things. Uh, you're getting a lot of yes around it. So your frequency is in alignment because you already live there. And you are switching yourself into the parallel where you already live in that house. Okay. Okay, so when you have a list and you're trying to construct the house, now you're in the process of building a house. You're not okay. living in the house. In the frequency of living in the house. Okay. Okay? Okay. So you want to go from it as it's already fulfilled, it's already configured, you're living in it, and it's so normal that, you know, like my latest vision for my big, beautiful house overlooking the ocean and all the whole thing, my latest vision is emptying out the dishwasher. Oh. I happen to love emptying out the dishwasher. I don't know why, but you know, there are like certain little things in your house, you're like, oh, that feels so good that that thing is emptying out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But when I did that, all of a sudden the entire vision settled down. Because I didn't come up out of the thing, okay, oh my God, how many, you know, how, okay, how much, what project do I have to do? Okay, what, uh, I a TV show going, I don't I didn't come out of the thing like that. I was like, oh, it's so cool to live in this house. That's an awesome dishwasher. I'm so happy I have two of them now when I do my parties. I don't have to worry about, you know, staying up all night washing up dishes. You know what I mean? Oh, like, good. Oh, it's not okay. like a butler's pantry. You know, that kind of thing. Right. As opposed to, and when I get my house, it's going to have three windows and four bays and this, you know, that's the distinction. And what you will do is connect with the frequency. Now, I'll give you one advanced tip. And then I'm, Sam's going to come in and have to wrap the show. But I'm going to give you one advanced tip. The house is a ball of energy. 
And right. so are you. Right. So you can, if you really want to be advanced about this, and they're telling me this for a reason, so clearly you are pretty advanced anyway. Okay. You can envision yourself as a ball of light, and the house is a ball of light, whatever that dream house is, and you're dancing with the house. Oh, good. Okay. Just sort of like, you know, do like a Disney swirl. Like, you know, go rent that movie where Mickey Mouse is, is Merlin, you know, with the <laughs> yeah. energy. Yeah. Right? And yeah. envision that same exact vision of that type of energy. The house is, is a piece of that energy and you're a piece of that energy and you're dancing together and then you come into, like I dream of Jeannie when she got into the bottle and she goes, or she'd come out of the bottle and then all of a sudden she's vapor and then she's into physical form. Okay. So play in the vapor of the house as you, and you're the vapor of the house and then, you know, you can hear the little tingling, tinkerbell tingling and then you're, the physical, you're physically in the house in your scene. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so very much. Thank you for taking my call. It was fun oh, to be on tonight. So welcome. You're so welcome. And have fun with that. That'll make it a little bit more playful. Have fun okay, with that. Okay, great. You'll get it. You'll get it. You're on your way. All right. Thanks, Mari. You're welcome. Take care. Have a great night. Okay, everybody. Uh, gosh, you see, you get me talking about math, and I can't shut up. <laughs> so, anyway. We will be back here same time next week, same place. And, um, yeah, happy manifesting. Get out of your own way. Let these invisible barriers be, you know, evaporate. And go for what you love. But always be there already. Okay? Focus on you're already there. Whatever you're having that desire, it desires you. You're already there. That's why you're craving it so much. So you go for that. And then call in next week and let me know how it goes. And we will end with my motto, which is, you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it, too. And in this new energy, when you do what I tell you, anything's possible. (laughs) Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A moments with an s inc.com also join mari on facebook at www.facebook.com slash aha moments inc and twitter at twitter.com slash aha moments we can't wait to see you there
Thank you.